Hey everyone, I am fired up. Today we have a special guest and we're gonna talk about leadership in the business place, pride, and about moving your business forward and being a part of the LBG community. We have Dr. Steve Yakivlali. I know I butchered your name, my friend. Yeah, that's all right. Day leadership dude and the owner of the Top Dog Learning Group, which is one of the biggest ones out there. You have clients from Walt Disney, you have clients from the uh, Bill Gates Foundation, you have clients from Ohio State, uh, many other universities. I mean, you are probably the leader in the country, if not the world, in gay leadership. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're gonna talk about, then welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. It's really great to be here, Lance. Steve, doctor, can you please tell everybody <laughs> about yourself, your brand, and why you think it's so important to talk about gay leadership? Yeah, so uh, I actually started um, Top Dog Learning Group in 2008, which we, we'll talk about that my timing, how horrible that was in, a little bit later. Um, but I uh, really wanted to focus on uh, leadership, change management, learning and development, uh, and diversity and inclusion consulting and kind of all that, that intersection there. And that's where I came from in my whole career and decided to kind of go out on my own and, and do that thing and, and, and work with companies like um, the Walt Disney Company, as you said, Bayer Pharmaceutical, um, some really cool big and small folks just to really help them be more awesome, if you will, in, in their world. And then last year, um, my, my book, uh, Pride Leadership, came out. So, um, strategies I love the line. I love the line. Yeah, I know, right? The lion synergy. It's it. like this pride thing. Um, but, you know, I, I've, I've been, uh, you know, as a gay man, I've been in the leadership space for a while, but also through the lens of being um, a member of the LGBTQ community. And so I wrote this book about um, leadership through the lens of being queer, to kind of use the, the broad term. And then to kind of promote that and support that, I launched the Gay Leadership Dude sub-brand. And that's kind of where, um, I kind of wear both hats, if you will. We have the top dog hat for kind of for the general masses. And then the Gay Leadership Dude is, is really focused on cultivating the leadership of that specific community. What separates your leadership style from, there isn't many other people that are jumping into the gay leadership world. There's a few <laughs> out there, but you definitely are the leader in it. What separates you and why do you think you're so dominant in your space? Besides well, being because, good looking, charismatic, <laughs> and you're on social media. So I'll give you that, but that doesn't mean keep your company growing. So besides um, that. Well, because you, uh, gay people are superior to straight people hands down. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not true at all. And all, all kidding aside, I've been in the leadership space like 25 plus years. And you start to see patterns of behavior, um, whether it be going with a, a large you know, Fortune 50 to not-for-profits. You see what leaders are rocking it, and you see ones that are just crashing and burning. And so, you know, the nerd in me is kind of tucking that data away. And then I, I do a lot of advocacy work on behalf of the LGBTQ community. And so I start watching my peers who are in leadership roles within those specific areas. And um, I don't know if you remember the Sex in the City years ago, but there was you know, the, the writer, Carrie Bradshaw, and she's like, she always started every damn episode with, I couldn't help but wonder. And, and so I kind of thought that too. Like, I couldn't help but wonder, is there something about being a member of the LGBTQ community that allows you to flex your leadership muscles a little bit differently. And so I started thinking about, well, what are the big competencies that I'm seeing you know, in general, folks really doing so well? And, and I have my visual aid because I have my mouse pad next to me. And that's where I came up with these six leadership competencies that I focused on, on in Pride Leadership. So for example, authenticity. You hear that out in the field that, hey, if you're an authentic leader, you're more effective. Yes, of course you are. But now put that through the lens of being someone who you know is 
openly out uh, as their authentic self in the workplace or understands their gender identity and gender expression in the workplace. Like that, you can't get more authentic than that. And so I, I argue in the book that those opportunities really help you build up your uh, um, leadership courage and leadership uh, competencies a little bit differently than our straight brothers and sisters do. Because that's interesting because that's what leads me to the next question. You truly believe there's a difference between being me, a straight male, a leader, you know, I have 150 some plus employees, multiple businesses, you have multiple employees and you're a gay male. You, you think there's a difference between our leadership styles and most gay people of our straight people. That's accurate, correct? It, it may not be the leadership style, but I think it's how we've developed our leadership competence. So I, for example, um, leadership courage, you know, I'll throw that as one of the competencies. You, Lance, have developed your leadership courage maybe in a different way than I have. You know, for me, I'm constantly having to come out to folks. Um, it's, you know, obviously the gay leadership dude is pretty damn obvious, kind of some of the <laughs> things that I focus on. But, you know, prior to that, when I work with, with you know, these big clients, um, I'd have to make that conscious decision. You know, every time I facilitate a class of like 40 people, do I tell them that I have a husband of 22 years? And you know, if I'm going to be authentic, which again, authenticity is one of my leadership competencies, then yeah, I need to do that. And, and also that's a way- You think that's people a, care, not to yes. care. You, you, you still do. Yes. Yes. Because uh, when you think about a member of my community, we're an invisible minority, typically. You saw me walking down the street, you may or may not know that I'm a homosexual. But, you know, if I'm if I'm black or if I'm a woman, it's usually pretty darn obvious. And so that's one of the nuances that's different about um, our community. And that visibility truly matters. And uh, and I think that's that's really where it's very important for any member of my community to come out and be visible so that people know, oh my gosh, you know, that leader or that person who did that, that keynote or whatever, oh, they're queer. That's interesting. Now that might broaden my perspective and maybe reduce some of those stereotypes that are out there. Like, I'm just going to shoot you straight. You know, I have a gay yeah. sister, you know, my Joe Lynn. Yeah. So when I got to know you, I never once looked at someone and said, they're gay. I don't, could never probably tell you my whole entire, like, I don't care. I don't think most people, this isn't 30, 40 years ago. Do you agree with that? Like most people in the workplace, as the vice president of AT&T had 900 employees. I couldn't tell you how many were gay. I never said, right. I never heard a comment, but my sister Jolene will tell me, and a few other my gay friends will tell me, people still make rude comments to their kids. For they sure. make rude comments. Is that still happening in 2020? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think you, you could spin it about, um, you know, I know some people say, oh, I don't see color. You know, I, I have lots of uh, blank, you know, black friends, you know, Latino friends. And, and I think that does a disservice to the others, meaning us, when you, when you don't recognize that difference that we have. Because, you know, I, I, I know years ago, I remember people saying like, oh, yeah, I, I don't see color. You have to see color. Because that's a part of the experience that that particular person has. You, you, know, you have to see uh, you know, your sister as a lesbian, me as a gay man, because we are looking through a different lens of the world. And, and yeah, we still get harassed. And, and you know, I, I was sharing with you earlier that um, my gay leadership dude Facebook page, I'm constantly getting trolled there. Um, I, 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 I see all these different Bible verses. Um, I, you know, I have some really, really graphic things that I had to report to Facebook like last week. And that's just because I'm advertising on Facebook and people find my, um, my page that way. So yeah, it still happens. Um, it's amazing to me in a time of 2020 that yeah. people would be putting Bible verses on or, or even saying anything to you because anything it, it, it's, I feel sorry that you have to look through it that lens to even justify or speak about it because that's a terrible situation for anyone to be in, which brings me to my next part about you growing this company. You didn't come out till you were older. I, I, I know that, but 
the suicide rate is so much higher than for gay males than straight males in the teenage years. And I'm assuming there's a lot of conflict there. Can you talk to that, that to me? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but I would kind of hypothesize um, through the lens of my own experience that if you look at especially male culture, and, and there's uh, in the U.S. as well as many other countries, there's very masculine and feminine identities that are out there. And so put that through the lens of, of a, a young man who is trying to figure out that, ooh, maybe I'm not like that typical um, guy. Maybe I, I, I might be drawn to, to other guys or, or guys and girls or whatever that looks like. Or, or even, even the, the, the straight kids who like things that aren't the masculine stuff, you know, who don't go gravitate toward sports, maybe gravitate toward theater or, or other things that are not stereotypically male. And yes, of course, there's shades of that changing and all that stuff, but, th but there's those stereotypes that are out there. So now you have this kid who is going through adolescence, which just sucks for every single human in the world anyway. And then they're, they're realizing that their development maybe isn't the norm. And then you might throw in on top of that, the overt or unconscious biases that they're seeing within their family or their their you know peer group about anti um, LGBT focus or, or energy, and so you add that weight to the kid, and yeah, I mean I, it would probably contribute to that that difference in feeling that they can kind of support themselves and kind of go through life and might lead to higher suicide rates. That's it. I mean. So let's talk about that journey, right? You go, you went to Pottstown or Pottsville here in Pennsylvania, correct? O&J Roberts, man, o. come J. on. Roberts, that's right. You, you went with the Beasley brothers, right? They played football there and wrestled there. Yeah, I, I knew them, but uh, not very well, but yes. Good athletes, yes, good athletes. Um, so my question to you is you're going through high school. You're straight yep. at that time. Clearly you were a very good looking guy in high school. Um, yeah, I was a fat kid, but thank you. Okay. Um, so maybe maybe. That, did you think you might be getting high school and college when you were in the military? Or you had no clue? No, I mean, think about that. This is the, the 70s and 80s. You're not seeing a lot of um, uh, positive role models anywhere. You, you don't, you're, we're not having these types of conversations around gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation. You know, it's it's, it's pre-Ellen coming out. It's a different damn world. And so now looking back, yeah, I was leaving massive clues to myself, but they, through the context of the 70s and the 80s, they were not being picked up on my little gay radar. So no, it, it didn't register. So you moved to Florida, you come back. What was that defining moment where you knew you were gay and you had to tell your parents? What was that like? Um, I, I started finding myself a little bit more curious about things. And then I actually ended up meeting this guy um, who was very similar to me. Like we were both frat, frat dudes. We were big men's on our different campuses, like, like very identical. He had already identified as gay and I'm like, maybe that's me. And so we actually started dating. And that was kind of like, ah, this is, this is why I never wanted to marry the girls I dated. And so that, that's kind of how it really fell into place for me. It was um, just meeting the right person who helped me shine a mirror to myself and see, oh, that's why things never worked out the way they did. And thank goodness, because, you know, I, I could be married with kids and now have to figure out how to divorce my wife and, you know, tell my kids and go lead my authentic life in a different way. So I'm, I'm incredibly thankful and still very close friends with, with this particular person. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, but then it's the journey of, oh, shit, I just, you know, figure my authentic self out. And so I, I often say that when someone comes out a little bit later in life, later being not during the actual adolescence, you actually go through adolescence a second time. So not only did it suck the first time for those of us, but then here's me at 23, 24, 
going through it all damn over again. It's like, ugh. And it, it's it's very frustrating for, for most queer people when they have to kind of do that double uh, coming out from a la- adolescence perspective. Now, you come out, you go to Ohio for college. And Good luck. And you're in a, and we're Penn State fans in my house. That's all right. We'll have you guys over. Now let's talk about all these lessons you learned, right? It, yes. It, now you go to corporate America. I think your first job was Walt Disney, if I remember correctly, right? You're you're working on cruise lines and you're traveling. Uh, one of the earlier ones, yeah. So um, so yeah, the working for Disney Cruise Line um, in 2001 was when I started that particular job. And I had a couple couple other professional jobs before then, but that was kind of the first uh, one of the first really um, big jobs uh, from a professional um, perspective. Yeah. You start climbing the corporate ladder. When did you know that? Hey, listen. I'm going to get into leadership, understand it, and I'm going to shine and make sure people, because I always feel like you're, I, I watch your stuff on social media, which I love, by the way. You stand up and you stand tall and proud, which I'll stand with you any day of the week on that, because I don't think anyone should give a Thank shit, you. but that's, you know, a whole other story. But you take that now into the corporate world, and you're teaching people how to be proud and be good leaders, though, and yep. own it. Can you talk about that? Like how you said, no way, I'm going to take what I've learned from corporate America and apply it here. So I, I first, it was actually at Disney Cruise Line where I started understanding um, the concept of diversity and inclusion as it relates to the workplace. And so I was an internal leadership consultant then. I would travel on board the ships and do training classes and stuff. It was a sweet, sweet, sweet gig, I have to say. It was on a cruise ship like every two weeks. Like, this is not bad. Um, so I did that for almost five years or so. And But... But that's where I started seeing the intersection of, of leadership and diversity and inclusion. And, and so that kind of tucked that away in my world. And then as I, I progressed through other uh, things that I started doing, the, the constant um, understanding of leadership was a, con- was a continual thread. Um, and you know, whether it be like uh, when I worked at IBM, I was a change management consultant for a couple of years. And so one of the things that you start to see when you, when you start to research and understand how change happens in organizations, it, there's massive focus on executive leadership and middle management to support whatever change initiative you have, whether that be, you know, a new business process, a new software, or even a, a business change of behavior, like, hey, let's go ahead and, and embrace inclusion as, as it looks in the business. So you, know, you start to tuck away and see the patterns. And that's where I'm really trying to um, focus on leadership as it, under, as it relates to people being inclusive. And, and I like to, in, like to use the term uh, consciously inclusive leadership, because that's kind of the phrase that, that me and my team work. And then, um, and then I just kind of started looking at the um, the LGBT leadership focus uh, just about a year and a half ago because no one was having that conversation. I mean, there's a couple couple folks here and there um, having those those pockets of, of chat, but no one is 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 taking a bigger approach to say, look, you're a queer leader. You actually have some things you can bring to the table right now through your authenticity, through your courage, through the empathy that you bring. That that there's you know straight folks are striving to try to get. You know what? You kind of already got it and. Let me help you kind of shape that up a little bit and you can channel that energy to be an even more awesome leader than you are. You're, you're a leader in, the, in an organization. You're a gay leader where I don't think, in my opinion, and then in my organizations, no one's going to look at you. You're not going to pass for a promotion. But you still believe in corporate America today, today, 2020, you could be passed up for a promotion because you're gay or somebody <laughs> totally. will do business with you because you're gay. You believe totally. it. Totally. Absolutely. I'd stake my my dog's lives on it that it still happens today. Some of the best experts, some of the best people I met are gay. 
and they do a great job. Why does anyone give a shit is my point. You, you build a nice company. Um, you have a very diverse company. Um, not everyone's gay in your organization. Nope. Um, but you feel like everyone should have to understand and can you explain that? Cause you have a very, you have, you have military, ex-military people in your organization. Mm-hmm. You, have, sure. you have quite a few things that don't hit what you would say is the stereotype, right? I mean, is that fair? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's a fair assessment to say that we have a very diverse team. Um, very diverse. That's by de- that's by design. Um, the commonality is that we all share the same values of inclusivity. Would be kind of the the hands down first thing. Now for Top Dog, you know, we're working with the general public. It's not just like the you know the, the LGBTQ plus community. So it, it doesn't matter you know who who is doing that work as long as they're competent to do it. Um, but there has to be that thread. It's just like any other corporate values. You know, um, you know, inclusivity, fairness, equity, justice. These are things that make Top Dog Top Dog, and that's part of our dog house, if you will. And and so anyone who's a Top Dogger has to be part of that that fabric. And it's like going to um, any big corporation where you can get on their website and see what their, their organizational values are. That's, that's the rules of engagement. And, and that's how we operate. Now, um, for certain topics, uh, you know, for example, queer leadership, it helps that if, if, you know, and a lot of times we do like double, uh, when we're doing face-to-face work, we do two facilitators and, you know, at least one probably should be a member of the community and then the other person could be an ally. And that's totally fine. Um, just because, Again, there's that nuance of understanding that you know, as a queer person, I might look at things just that little bit different based upon my experience and all that good stuff. So that's probably the only time when we make, ah, let's, let's make sure that there's a gay person in the room. Um, but otherwise, it's just the commonality of people who can be empathetic and people who can uh, embrace inclusion, whatever we're, we're doing with clients. I've seen your business has grown over the years. I see over the last 18 months to two years, you've gone to social media heavy. Very heavily. Um, and you stand your ground, but you don't care about the trolls, which either do I, which I appreciate. I always say people, as you keep climbing the ladder, more people are going to troll you, yeah. say stuff. Can you talk about why you go, and you really are a big fan of Facebook at all. It seems like Facebook's your main one, IG's your second, and then you kind of work your way down. Yeah, yeah I'm not a Twitterer. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So it, it um, I mean, I've always had a, um, some sort of social media presence from a work perspective. Um, LinkedIn mainly for you know, my personal brand and kind of moving things that way. But when I um, was starting to market for my book Pride Leadership, my amazing publisher who's really fantastic at social media, she's like, you need to be on all of them and you need to be now. I'm like, oh, Jen, fine. So I kind of drug myself into uh, Twitter, drug myself into Instagram. And, um, and so it just have been understanding and exploring, you know, how you can leverage social media correctly. And, you know, I've, I'm always a big person to say that I, I'm not going to make money off of social media, but I'm going to make a, a, a poop ton of street cred off of social media. And that's kind of where we focus our energy. It's, it's brand recognition, thought leadership, um, you know, and, and maybe getting the word out of like, hey, here's a webinar we're doing, or here's a free book if you want it, just to kind of, you know, share some of those things. Um, but really trying to make it more of a um, a brand supporter for what we're doing, and always remain consistent across all the platforms with that that uh, that brand consistency. I guess you might say. Is it the amazing the behavior from platform to platform, Harold? You could post a piece of content on LinkedIn, yes. and you're not going to get really trolled there. No one, you might have yeah. someone come and give an educated opinion back to you, yep. right? Like, a, well. But on Facebook and Instagram, you'll have people just say the craziest things. Right? Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Um, what advice would you give to a young gay entrepreneur 
that's going out and saying, I want to build a business. I think the, and I would actually say this for any entrepreneur um, and some of the mentees that I've had over the years, I, I, I say, you know, and I say this in all my leadership classes, whether you're you know, the C-suite or you're just kind of shiny new out of the wrapper, have awareness of what skills you have and the ones you don't have. And, and so the ones you have, build them up as best as you can. The ones you don't have, you have two choices. You either work to make those awesome or and probably better yet as a young entrepreneur, you find someone who's really awesome at that and, and get their perspective. You know, I know, uh, and, and I'm still not the best when it comes to um, uh, the finances of my business, but I have really smart people who do that. And, and that's, that's great. That's fine. And I think being, what, having that self-awareness and then being okay with seeking help, that's gold uh, for you to grow, not just yourself, but your business as well. What's the biggest challenge that you're facing in your workplace and community. It was the biggest challenge that jumps out at you. One of the main things that we do as a revenue stream is stand-up training. So that's kind of looks a little different in 2020 um, in the age of COVID. Uh, I, you know, I mean, in one week I lost a, a quarter of a million dollars in contracts. It's like, whoa, you know, so, uh, but, the, but what it's done is it's really allowed me personally and my team to start to pivot and look at things differently. My doctorate's in instructional technology and distance education. So the, the age of Zoom and doing distance learning is not foreign to me at all. But it wasn't the main focus of the business because, you know, we, we have some success there, but most consumers weren't really in that world. Now it's a whole new ball game. And so we're actually excited to, to do the pivot like, okay, no face to face. Now it's on online. What can we do to get to market as fast as we can? We already had some stuff, which we're seeing like, like triple digit increases in some of our off the shelf, um, diversity and inclusion training that we do, which is awesome. We're like, yay. Um, but then it's, what else can we do to, to, to pivot, take some existing content that we have already and turn it into a new delivery method. And so that, I think that's, that's the biggest um, challenge is, is, you know, the, the, the limits of, or the imposition of social distancing, but it's also the biggest opportunity we're seeing as well. Awesome. What's the biggest thing you're working on right now to move your business forward? What's the biggest piece? So it's actually two. Um, so with, with Pride Leadership, um, the book was never the thing. It was always something afterwards. And so we created an, and it was always online, which is just serendipitous, um, but it's a, an eight-week online leadership program focused around the book. And so we're, we're launch, rolling that out to folks. We have uh, about 24 in it right now, and, and it's rolling enrollment, which is nice. So that's like one of the biggest things we're focusing on. And then the other one is, is actually from the request of some of my friends who are uh, independent contractors, authors, consultants, who are just, you know, or keynote speakers who are just kind of like, I, I envision the end of Titanic when uh, the ship went down, roses on the, on the door, and everyone's flailing in the water kind of doing this thing. You know, I feel like I'm rose on the door, and I'm like, bye, Jack Sickle, see ya. But, you know, I'm trying to pull my friends who are flailing and what, what they can do. So we're actually developing an online program to help people create their own online programs. Um, so it's very metadata kind of thing. Um, but I think that's, that's the other big thing that we're, we're just really putting our head around just to help folks around us because we know we have that expertise. Um, we've been doing it. Matter of fact, a lot of my clients have been coming back to us about, about a month and a half ago is when the lights finally went on for folks they are like, this isn't temporary. This is all of 2020. And so we have folks saying, um, Steve, you know, that three day conference that we used to do help us think about it through the lens of 
all being online or making this class that we have self-paced so we can deliver to folks that way. Like, sure. And that's one of the things we do anyway as a consulting firm. So when we're trying to make that uh, almost like a group coaching kind of mentality to help other folks uh, develop their own products so they can survive this, this weird time. Sad that you have to still live in a place where people look at you even as a gay man or you have to advocate so much for rights. I feel sorry for that because you shouldn't have to or no one should. Um, but I promise you keep doing what you're doing. I love what you do. You're an inspiration for so many people and keep kicking ass, man. It's, it's, it's really uh, impressive watching what you're doing. Thanks. Thanks, Lance. And, and thank you for being an ally. Um, we would not be anywhere near uh, having equality for all if it weren't for awesome allies like you. So thank you so much. No problem. Thank you so much, doctor. Enjoy your day. Take care.